0: you beautiful people, and welcome to the Glorious and the Mundane podcast. I'm your host, Christy Knuckles, coming to you live from Keeper's Branch today, where actually a few of us here have a mild case of the sniffles, including myself, hoping it's just these Tennessee allergies at play. We did get out all of our Christmas stuff this past weekend and began to kind of sort through it and dust it off, and I don't know, maybe it was the dust that started it all, but we're kind of laying low around here today, and you might also hear the laundry kind of going in the background. Hopefully it just makes you feel normal and right at home. I always try to do a big clean around here before the holiday season comes into full swing. And today I found Annie's reading book from school behind the washing machine. So that was a fun discovery. We're juggling two different play scripts from two different plays that Annie Rose will be a part of in the next couple of months. And once we find one, we lose the other, but currently we can't find either, so there's that. And we're still looking for the one disc that's missing from the library CD book we checked out. And don't think I haven't been on eBay looking to see if you can purchase it all, if all else fails. And last but not least, if you happen to have a miraculous cure for gobs and gobs of long black dog hair, other than going through 72 tiny sticky sheets of a lint roller, will you let me know? Thanks. I pray that this podcast finds you in a place of peace and of hope today though unrest and certainly the unknown, surround us, I pray that at least by the end of this podcast today, you'll be reminded of the peace of God that's yours today and the hope that He's called you to. Last week, I had the advantage of recording the podcast before the election outcome so that I could speak some things in advance from a place of innocence, really, hope and of faith. And what's amazing is, is that nothing has changed the truth that God is sovereign today, I can still actually approach today with the same heart, a heart of innocence and hope and of faith. Make no mistake, you'll be looked at as foolish for this if you live like this. But Jesus said in Matthew 18, 3, that we are to change and become like children, innocent, trusting with a pure and uncorrupted heart and mind. And a lot of you young mamas have the best teachers of this strapped in that car seat right behind you. I remember when we first had Noah, he's our firstborn, and we had this sense that getting to parent was like getting to go back and see the world through different eyes, through these childlike eyes. In fact, I remember we wrote a song called Noah's Song on our one of our watermark records. And we realized just this precious gift that had been given um, as we're able to show him things for the first time, but also see the way that he interacted with the world with such innocence. Some of those lyrics say, it's almost like we're starting over again. One more trip through this life with different eyes to see. You're the gift that came to take us back. Because baby dear, you have the joy we lack. With your tiny hands, you touch a different world. You're full of wonder, full of hope, and full of one more chance for us to see the world again like God sees the world. Little lover of God, you'd smile at a stranger. You don't think to be careful. How sweet is your love? You'd reach for the most unlovely of creatures. Your love is so unconditional. You're the gift that came to take us back because baby dear, you have the love we lack. With your tiny heart, you love a different world. You're full of wonder, full of hope, and full of one more chance for us to love the world again like God loves the world. In times like this, I think about Hebrews 11:6. It says, without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. I used to let that verse stress me out until I realized when you couple it with this concept of Jesus asking us to change and become like children, it's actually freeing and exhale inducing. When I start to see these Twitter wars over this election and other heated arguments within the church in this moment, and honestly, as my friends and I were discussing this past week, actual social media bullying happening as some are literally setting fire to bridges and friendships over these matters. It is so disheartening. But back to Hebrews eleven Don't let anyone look down upon you for taking up the shield of faith in your life. Faith like a child, believing that He exists, even when friends all around are falling away from the truth of God. And believe me, it's happening to even people I know. But we're called to have this faith like a child. Faith that not only sees that God exists, but that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Don't be bullied by or become afraid of people with persuasive speech who've read lots of books and quote philosophers or even have polar opposite views than you. Don't be discouraged when people like this even prosper and gain. Let's go back to the truth that we shared several months ago, that we're sheep from the front today and then we're shepherds from behind. Simply follow Jesus, your shepherd. He tells us that his sheep know his voice. And as you follow him as a sheep, you become a shepherd from behind for those coming behind you. So you mamas out there, you are raising up the next generation. You are raising up the future of the church. You have all the tools you need as you keep the authority of God's word over your life and the life of your family. You are where the change is going to happen. All of you people in the shadows that nobody saw coming All of you women faithfully sowing today what is right in front of you, when some days it's all you can do to get through it, and sometimes you grit your teeth to get through your to-do list and relax, because we all feel that way and have days like that. But just know that you are turning the Titanic every day as you raise your sons in the fear of the Lord, teaching them to honor and respect others and love Jesus with all their hearts, their souls, their minds. You there raising up your daughters to know who they are and live like they are the beloved child that they are. And those of you even just dreaming of that husband and that daughter that you'll have one day, you not only matter, but you're the hope of the church whom Jesus will use as the very means to make all things new. You are the redemptive edge of social media. You are the redemptive edge of the carpool line, of the break room at work, of the checkout line in the grocery store. Don't grow weary of doing good, for at the proper time, a harvest will come from your life. You have the keys to the kingdom. So whether you're disappointed today or relieved or both or neither, ultimately, I'm sure you're like me, you're thinking, how do we gather ourselves in this moment and move forward? And even as I just said that phrase out loud, gather ourselves, I'm thinking, what does that even look like? When I really think about it, To gather yourself is to take stock of our lives, of our feelings, of our belief, of our core in our heart. Where might fear be pushing in? Is there anxiety causing you to feel unprepared or ill-equipped to move forward with peace in your heart? One thing I've learned to do is stop and ask the Lord to even help me name the fear or anxiety that I'm feeling. Take stock of it. What is it exactly that the enemy of your soul is trying to stir up in you or lie about or get you on edge about? It's such a powerful tool, and even it's good to write it down. Your fears, what might feel like despair in the moment could actually be as simple as you naming it and calling it out, and then ask the Lord to reveal what is true. His word is obviously the very best place to go Ask the Holy Spirit out loud to come and renew your mind straight from the Word of God. Write down those truths and make agreements with them in your heart. Break the old agreements that you have had with fear and anxiety and make new ones out loud with faith and peace and hope and love. Part of taking stock of our feelings is also that we can put those feelings in their place. They are real, of course, and are to be considered, but They are not the only thing we lean on to make decisions and move forward. I can't tell you how many times I literally say out loud, Jesus, I cast this feeling or this care upon you because you said I could. Literally throw it on him. He said you could because he cares for you. Just a few evenings ago, while it was still light outside, I walked down to our little barn. Nathan has been so sweet to work for several Saturdays in a row to clear out all the brush that was hiding our barn. And he blew all the leaves away and he opened up the doors and he hung soft, white, twinkling lights inside and out. And so now, when you drive up on our driveway, we share with a couple of other families, which actually feels more like a mountain road leading to nowhere, but we love it. You see this sweet little barn all lit up to greet you where there once was just darkness and unknown territory. Well, I walked down there by myself the other night to hang a bow on the wreath that now adorns the front of the barn. And as I walked through the woods, I can't even express to you the nearness of God that I felt as I walked. I knew in my deepest knowing way that Emmanuel was right there with me. In fact, so much that I just immediately started singing to him. A song arose up in me that I can't even remember now because it was just for him in that moment. My voice was feeble and quiet, and it wasn't rehearsed or on. It was just like this visceral reaction to the fact that I suddenly felt his presence. I tied the big red bow on the wreath, singing all the while. And if not for me, you could have heard a pin drop out in the woods on my way back, I stared down our long road of a driveway with orange and bright yellow trees lining both sides like a great cloud of witnesses. And at the risk of sounding and looking completely dumb, I ran and skipped and danced and laughed and smiled all the way down the driveway. <laughs> it seemed actually kind of scandalous, if you can imagine, in the moment, because I was tempted just for a moment to feel guilty. And shamed because of all that's going on in our world, utterly horrible things that are hard for us to mention. And here I was skipping like Pollyanna down my driveway. As short lived as it was, it was an exercise for me in that moment of letting go. It was an exercise of faith. It was like this I have come that you might have life and have it to the fullest, childlike kind of display of momentary bliss. I thought about David when he danced before the Lord and he said, I'll become even more undignified than this. I'm not trying to be a cheese ball, but I felt delighted in in that moment as I ran and skipped and laughed. I literally felt like God was smiling along with that great cloud of witnesses posed as all the red oak trees out here. In Hebrews 12 we hear of this great cloud of witnesses. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And of course, the verses before this in Hebrews 11, it goes through that great hall of faith of Abel and Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, Sarah, Joseph, Moses, and even the prostitute Rahab who welcomed the spies and in her belief risked her life in trusting that this God That these men spoke of would save her and her family. It says all these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. Admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on the earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had the opportunity to return Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Sweet friends, we are not children of the White House. We are children of God, and his kingdom is a kingdom that will never end. We do have a duty to love our country and to care for her, to exercise our freedom, and to stand up for what we believe in. But at the end of the day, on the tree-lined driveway, we're looking for a better country. We're not looking to an earthly leader to fulfill anything. God has His plan and purpose of everything under the sun, even when we don't understand or agree with it or know what He could possibly be up to. We can exercise the faith and the tranquility of a child in these moments and watch Him work and come through, even if it has to look much worse before it looks any better. One of my favorite choruses that I wrote for my new Christmas album called The Thrill of Hope was for the traditional Christmas favorite, Silent Night. This is the song that I look forward to every Christmas Eve. It's the one that for how many of our years we have led at different churches on Christmas Eve, this is always the closer. In fact, this past year, we led at our church here in Franklin, and our pastor Darren has this sweet tradition where during the middle of Silent Night, he prompts the families to turn to each other and tell each other that they love each other, and give hugs and kisses. It is one of the sweetest things that I've ever witnessed, watching gray-haired husbands and wives kiss on the lips in church, and grandfathers hug their grandbabies, and fathers hug their teenage sons. You can also imagine some of the tension that goes with that moment, because let's all face it, we know what family dynamics can bring out at Christmas time. But set to music, just for a moment. All is calm and all is bright, set within the framework that even though all is not fully right on earth, even though here we sit in all our brokenness and what we bring to the table is what we have grace for just today to bring to the table, Jesus came in all of who He is to make all things right. And we can know this Christmas that the baby we remember and celebrate is the risen Lord. To quote the song, It says, on a starlit wonder of a night, you came so all would be made right. And the baby that all beheld, the same baby Mary held, is the same God who is holding us now. He's not a fragile piece of your busted up nativity scene. He holds you this Christmas. He is Emmanuel with you now. I've talked a ton about Amaryllis Kristen, who's married to my brother Eric, they have a ministry called With You, and they're about providing experiences and resources to help you rest and remember that very thing, that God is Emmanuel, with you now, holding you now. I was one of my brother's very first clients when he first started to minister and help leaders and walk with people in ministry. I walked through one of his experiences, which in this case was like three months of really walking through some life-changing promises of God centered around his covenant to me. And it changed the way I've lived my adult life, really, in the past seven or eight years. Many, many songs have come from the hours I've spent with he and Kristen both reorienting my whole life thought process of what it looks like to really walk with Jesus, and even what it looks like to obey Him from this place of His covenant to me, and what it looks like to rest in that. It all comes from these two words, rest and remembrance. And because I promised I would weave in some more meaningful gift-giving ideas, I wanted to tell you about a very special gift idea that With You Ministries have created this Christmas. Did you know that over 100 times in Scripture, God says to us, I will be with you? Well, with you has taken 31 of these I will be with you promises, one for each day of the month, and they've printed them all Pinteresty on these wonderful natural colored tags, wrapped them in twine, and they've placed them in this linen drawstring bag that's adorable. Just the presentation that I know all of you will love. They are available now for $25. On with withyouministries.com, it's free shipping and all the proceeds from the sale of these I will be with you promise tags will go directly towards with you ministries allowing them to continue to serve leaders and those in ministry like myself and here's the really sweet part and if you ever get to go through one of their retreats or their experiences that you can find out more on their website about you'll understand why this partnership is so significant But during the Christmas season, 10% of the proceeds will go directly towards providing tangible aid, equipment, boats, and supplies for fishermen in Haiti, those who lost their supplies and livelihood after this recent hurricane. With You has a very special place in their hearts for fishermen and have spent a lot of time learning and talking about the fishermen that were close to Jesus. Again, such a deep meaning there if you know their ministry. They actually have an on-the-ground source in Haiti who also loves fishermen and walks with them in life there. So this is such a beautiful way that you and your family can partner with people near and far. These tags can be given as your gift tags on top of your gifts. You could give someone an entire set. It'd be a great gift to your children, a promise for each day of the month. You could even decorate an entire Christmas tree with just white twinkling lights and these beautiful, simple promise tags. They're just gorgeous, and I definitely plan on getting several sets myself. I'll have all this info on my website attached to today's podcast. Well, today's guest is Anne Voskamp, and as you know, she is such a gifted and gentle woman who has taken many of us on a holy experience journey for the last several years with her poetry, prayers, pictures, and has challenged many of us to look at our everyday mundane in a whole new light. If there's any kind of currency I've held in my hand and passed back and forth on this earth that I know is always accepted by God, it's brokenness. Psalm 51, 17 says, A broken and contrite spirit he will not despise. Anne came to town a few weeks ago, and this podcast was recorded then, the week that her book, The Broken Way, released. And we gathered at our friend Rebecca Lyons' house, where Anne was staying and huddled up after Anne's long night of receiving book fans, signing autographs, and talking to people. And I could have pushed record about an hour before I actually did, because I began to share about that very thing, about that currency of brokenness, and how I was so drawn to even the title of this book, that the broken way is in fact a daring path into the abundant life. I've lived this with my own family. I'm so grateful for people like Anne who are willing to be transparent in order to shed light on the truth that even when life isn't turning out as we expected, there is this narrow path presented in it all that truly does lead to more abundance in our intimacy with God and even with others that we walk with in this life. So while the rest of the world was watching the Cubs win the World Series, (laughs) we found the only quiet place in the house since the Cubs game was on, which was Rebecca's bed. So with Rebecca laid out at the foot of the bed, And Anne literally snug as a bug in a rug under Rebecca's covers, mainly because she couldn't feel her feet after standing all night. We sat for a few quiet moments together, and I so hope you enjoy this. Well, (laughs) I'm giggling a little bit because um, I'm sitting here with Anne Bosskamp, and we are snuggled in... (laughs) Rebecca Lyons' bed. (laughs) Rebecca is here. Wave, Rebecca. (laughs) Rebecca is nestled down. (laughs) I'm using a lot of words that I don't normally say, like nestled and snuggled. It's been a long day. (laughs) It has been a long day for you, Mm -hmm. especially. This is a big week, Mm -hmm. and it's... It's all grace. It's all grace. I mean... So, we're, you're sitting in Nashville. You're in our, we're in Franklin, really, but.
1: Oh, there's just so many good, beautiful people. Do you know what? I met a woman tonight and she said she moved to Franklin. Make sure I'm getting this right. I'm thinking she said Franklin and not Nashville. 28 years ago. Wow. And she said that, like, this is hard to believe. And she said there were 750 churches wow. when she moved here 28 years ago. Wow. Oh my goodness. So, yes, this is a place that just shines brightly. Mm. Oh, we're glad to have you. You make it shine even
0: brighter. <laughs> I told a lot of people
1: tonight, too, if you know of a hog farm for sale, let me know, and I'll move oh. to this neck of the woods. <laughs>
0: Seriously, you'd be a good fit mm. room here. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a joy oh. to finally get to just... We're, we're in the same room sometimes.
1: And we often just get like a Split second yeah. or two to reach over, grab each other's hands, and say, You just so encourage and bless me and minister to me, Christy. But this has been grace tonight.
0: Thank you. So sweet. And we almost just sat and talked instead of push record, but we decided to push record <laughs> and push through. And you're so precious because you're melting. She oh. has been, you did a, how many people do you think came to get I a book signing
1: I have no idea. Tonight? We started at six and we finished at what? Nine ish, right? Yeah, 9.30, I guess Three in we finished in the up. No, I think it's around nine thirty. So, about three and a half hours to sign in. So, Mm.
0: beautiful people. Yeah. Mm. So, the broken way has been out about a week. Is that right, or so? Yeah, I guess it's a week. I wonder what today is today. Wednesday. Today's Wednesday already. Yeah. So, it was a week yesterday. Yeah. Well, I've started it. I'm so excited, and even just the title Mm. pulled me in, and just a little bit. I've. Really, because hurt. so
1: many people want to avoid the broken way. Yeah. Culture, society tells us, avert suffering, mm-hmm. numb suffering, bury suffering mm-hmm. and pain and brokenness. But I hope the title it actually beckons you in. The, mm-hmm. That lots of us are high functioning in terms of brokenness, but we all carry our own unspoken broken. Yeah, and that that the way of the cross really is the broken way. Mm-hmm. He's saying that transformation and life change happens mm-hmm. in
0: places that look like crucifixions.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And I've heard you use the word cruciform.
1: Cruciform, right? yeah. yeah. But people say, Did you make that up?
0: Nope, <laughs> I did not make it up. <laughs> I actually looked it up because I'm like, Is that, you make that <laughs> no, up. I N
1: didn't word. make it up. No, I remember <laughs> the first time. You know, sometimes when you encounter something and and all of a sudden it's like, it feels like a literal epiphany, like the oh, lights totally, go on. I, I remember exactly where I was. The first time I heard the cruciform. I was like, that's mm. it. That's what I want the shape of my life to look like. Why I had never heard of this word before, to really, to be shaped and formed like a cross. And I remember the mm. first time I encountered it, which actually was never written in the book, um, was someone, which I ended up doing. And it was a profound thing to go ahead and do. I had this little tin-punched metal cross from Haiti, and I started to take it and put it in places that I wanted my life to be shaped cruciform. So put it on the stack of bills. Put it on my writing desk. Put it out by the kitchen sink where I really was like praying, Lord, shape me Mm. to be like a cross. Take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. That that my life—so I really haven't—I took that same pen— um, that I'd written out 1,000 things I was grateful for and took that pen and mm. every day just drawing the the cross on my wrist um, so that I see that vertical beam as all of His grace and His gifts come down and all my gratitude my Eucharist goes back up to Him. Mm. And the broken way think, looking at what does it look like, those vertical beams of the cross, how do you live broken and given with your hands outstretched to a brokenhearted world. So for mm. me, cruciform really... Um, I think the most powerful word is given. (laughs) Mm. How do I live um, with a heart of thanksgiving, giving thanks and gratitude back to the Lord? The broken way is looking at Christ took that bread, and he was broken and given. How do you live given? How do you live surrendered? How do you live sacrificing? How do you live um, with a posture of a bended knee to the Lord, to Mm. his sovereign will? How do you live open-handed? so just trying to live my life cruciform is really about how do I live given to Him all the time. And mm-hmm. I think um, in, this, in a posture of givenness, it really, um that surrender to the Lord ushers you into a space of deep intimacy with God where mm-hmm. you're, you're trusting His will and mm-hmm. His ways and what He's giving you, you're completely surrendered
0: to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful and like you said, it's not the popular It's not um, it's subject not. in our it's not. culture. And... But
1: I think I really do believe that resurrection, the abundant life, yeah, happens mm-hmm. in places that look like a thousand little deaths. Yeah. A dying to self, a place mm-hmm. that looks like brokenness. Can I trust that resurrection will happen out of those places? Yeah. Can I trust that and I trust that living cruciform, which really is to pick up your cross and self-deny, pick up your cross and live sacrificially. Pick up your cross and live given, surrendered to him. Mm-hmm. That if you choose to live cruciform, that, that I can experience abundance and resurrection, which is well, our, we desperately want our life to look at it, look like, but we go at it all the wrong ways. That if we mm-hmm. will embrace the brokenness of living cruciform, we paradoxically find deep abundance and fulfillment and meaningfulness. It's
0: upside-down kingdom, right? That's right. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> I mean, it's so true, and I think even it's so refreshing, I'm sure, for a lot of women listening, you know, just especially for platform people to mm. Um, mm. to talk about this and just talk about um, brokenness and have um, enough Transparency, hopefully, um, mm. so that we can, you know, say that His way works. You know, I've I've found myself praying that so many times just recently. Like Jesus, mm. your your way works. It like, does. Your principles and your promises and your, um, the place, the things that happen in the secret, like often, are the things that He, you know, uses the most to like to bring life into places that I never expected him to in, mm-hmm. even in my own mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. So it's it's true. It's like it's that upside
1: down. It's completely counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. It's completely countercultural. Yeah. But I think if, if we can go ahead and, and dare to take the broken mm-hmm. way, the transformation, the abundance that we're desperately seeking happens in places that look cruciform in places that look like little deaths in places mm. that um that the world would tell you to run away from yeah and um mm. christ is attracted to brokenness he's yeah. drawn to brokenness yeah so we don't need to be afraid of broken things christ is redeeming
0: everything it's mm. beautiful and i think too like i heard you say cuz i've just been Listening this week mm. is just a few times that mm. you've um, shared about this, but just the beauty of um, it's not focusing or celebrating that brokenness. No. It's taking that brokenness. Taking
1: that brokenness to, to, the cross, to the cross, pressing my wounds up against his wounds, and letting him be all the strength through mm-hmm. that brokenness, letting him do all mm-hmm. of the healing. I think um Brooklyn really explores there is bad brokenness in the world mm-hmm. that's that sin... It's addiction that inhibits human flourishing and and all of the shalom and abundance that God intends for you. So there is deep bad brokenness in the world, but then there is good brokenness that's like that bread being broken and given. Yeah. Um, so I really believe that bad brokenness is broken by good brokenness. So if I step into situations where I think this is just a mess, <laughs> this is so broken, mm-hmm. and and fallen and sinful, and and not at all what, what God ever intended. How can I step into that bad brokenness? By living cruciform, mm-hmm. by living broken and given into that. That starts to break the bad brokenness, which is exactly what Christ did. He stepped into all the bad brokenness in the world, mm-hmm. and what did he do? He, he broke himself and gave himself to redeem that world, to rescue that world. So if we can step into broken places, that's that mm-hmm. bad brokenness, and, and embrace what Christ would have us live, be like Christ, broken and given, mm-hmm. it starts to starts to,
0: bring about a redemptive story, change the narrative. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, when you started to move towards a new, another book uh-huh. from... <laughs> Um, one thousand gifts one thousand gifts yeah. and was was it it's time for another book or was oh it- my goodness, no <laughs>
1: <laughs> No I, I think I only want to write stories that I've lived for a long time yeah. that I've wrestled with for a long time. I think um and, and now um Beck and I've talked about this before. I really want to self-identify as a, as an incarnationalist. Mm. I, mean, I want to incarnate gospel. I want to put flesh and blood and on the beatitudes on, on what it means to live upside down kingdom. What it means to live cruciform. I don't think those things happen on on anyone else's timeline. They happen mm. on God's timeline. And it um, the broken way that, the cover has the, the, that handful of seeds of wheat and i think um i think we if we're going to dare to live the broken way each of those seeds of wheat before they bring forth new life mm. they're crushed that looks like destruction before the new life begins and mm. and and growth out of a seed takes time yeah you, you can't yeah. force that yeah. so i i believe you know the stories and this wrestling out living a cruciform life living broken and given that all took time and grace is gradual growth <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and not to to push that at all.
2: Yeah,
1: um, And also, yeah, if I believe the broken way is about humility and vulnerability and generosity, so you step into deep intimacy with Christ and with a broken hearted world, that means I need to be vulnerable right now <laughs> and say too that after, after 1,000 gifts, I laid my heart out on the page.
0: Mm.
1: And honestly, I was terrified to do that all
0: over again. Yeah,
1: Um, Living vulnerable and trusting people with your heart on the page Mm -hmm. is a kind of living cruciform. It's a kind of, here is my heart, I'm going to lay it on the altar and be a living sacrifice. And that's a terrifying thing. So I wasn't... Mm-hmm. anxious or keen yes. <laughs> to go ahead and, and lay my heart down after 1,000 gifts. Um, and the broken way really is just a step of obedience. But um, I believe it's a message for such a time as this, that God has called us who have been graced with a 1,000 endless gifts. Mm-hmm. Those gifts are meant to be given. You You aren't meant to hoard those gifts or hold on to them. You are Esther in the palace for such a time as now, and I think that's my burning heartbeat that people, women would see that they we are the Esther generation. Right where you are, mm-hmm. you are called for such a time as now to do something, one thing, for those outside the gate that that God is placed you in a position that you can make a difference in the midst of your brokenness. Because I think brokenness doesn't disqualify you from being a world changer, but qualifies you for being a world changer. In your brokenness, you can be so deeply empathetic with the brokenness in the world. If you can tear back the mask Mm -hmm. and show your brokenness, what you're really unmasking is the power of Christ to transform your life. And that qualifies you to step out into the world. And, and be part of the great commission that points to Christ.
0: One of the things that I loved in your recent blog mm-hmm. is that you said, there's good news realer than realer. Is that a word? <laughs>
1: it is. I just made it one.
0: <laughs> More real than the headlines. There is. I love that.
1: And I think of that good news, I believe it with all my heart, that good news literally saves There is good news that we are the recipients of, Mm -hmm. that we hold in our hands, that we can carry out Mm -hmm. into a brokenhearted world that tells a a truer reality than anything the headlines are screaming at us. Mm -hmm. And I think this cultural moment is begging us to live broken and given. That bread is, that good news is bread that Mm -hmm. we get to go ahead and share into the world. It's not that, oh, look, I got the bread of the good news Mm. and we sort of like insulate in our little safe islands. I mean, if we've been rescued, how can we not go out in the world and share that bread with the starving? Mm. And I think um, think Mm. there's just so much fear in the world right now. Yeah. Yeah. And we want to be protectionists.
2: Mm.
1: But if we really believe the good news... There is no fear. It completely destroys fear. And I, I guess I just realized in a broken way that everything everything I was afraid of in my life came down to I was afraid of a broken thing. I was afraid of suffering in some way. Um, when ultimately, love is who are you willing to suffer for? That's what Christ mm. shows us, what, what love is. Love isn't that we necessarily agree with someone. Love is who you're willing to sacrifice for, who you're willing to suffer for. Mm. And I just realized that if I wasn't afraid of broken things I didn't have to be afraid of anything do not be afraid of a broken thing Christ is redeeming everything yeah. so it's it's where I have to live um, to, to break free from all of the fears that if I can mm. trust that in the middle of brokenness Christ is making abundance he's, mm. he's bringing resurrection then that that allows me to step out of my comfort zone and and meet a broken-hearted world with the bread and the sustenance of Jesus.
0: Mm. Yeah. Um, this podcast is called The Glorious and the Mundane. And right. And I, I feel like you, <laughs> for a long time, I mean, I remember a friend sending me your blog, mm. Oh, even probably before you had anything published, right? Oh, yeah. Blog I mean, was, I was
1: working this thing out for me for a long time, yeah. right?
0: And I just, I feel like, um, really, that's what... I haven't focused a ton on the headlines, you know, in the last several weeks are really so healthy. I mean, just hardly at all because yeah. I feel like we're that's all we're getting pretty much yeah. and so the glorious and the mundane, you know, I've really wanted to focus on that that, you know, truth that the, there is good news that's realer than than anything than
1: the that's headlines. happening in the headlines and that The whole earth is full of the glory of God. Mm -hmm. What are you going to choose to focus on? Simplicity is not a matter of circumstance; It's a matter of Mm -hmm. focus. Am I going to choose to focus on God in the moment, grace in the moment, the glorious good news (laughs) of redemption right here, right now in front of me? Mm -hmm. And then I just really believed after 1,000 gifts, oh, Christy, my heart just broke gratitude, mm. and gratefulness. And I just, I think if grace moves us, grace starts movements. It moves us out into the world yeah. to, to share that good news, to yeah. share that grace, to be broken and given into a brokenhearted world that, mm. the, that goes ahead and brings about shalom and abundance as we just let our broken hearts leak love out into the wounds mm. of the world.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this might not be a question you got asked this week, or maybe it is, <laughs> but because um, I know you, you know the focus has obviously been on the broken way. Oh, yeah. um, tell me, like a day in the life before oh. you wrote before you wrote One Thousand Gifts. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I am
1: a seventh generation farmer's daughter. Mm married to a farmer who is far back as their family tree goes. Um, I worked full-time in the barn um, till Hope was born our third. And by full-time, I meant <laughs> I'd go to the barn at 4.30 in the morning with a crock-pot and babies, and I would stay in the barn with the little baby piglets. <laughs> to 8 o'clock at night. I remember telling my husband we'd come in as the sun was setting. i say, oh, I'm just so happy when I get to see the sun at all during the day. Uh-huh. We worked hard, long days and we're as poor church mice. One of the worst (laughs) fights we had in our early marriage was standing in an aisle in the grocery store arguing over pasta sauce 10 cents difference. Because I said we had to buy the cheaper pasta sauce. We couldn't afford the one that was 10 cents more expensive. And he said all we ever eat is spaghetti and I I want the 10 cent more expensive pasta sauce. So we just we did. Daryl and I put in long hard hours for years and years and years. Then when I was pregnant with Levi, our fourth um we hired someone to help us in the barns, but I still worked part-time in the barn. Wow. Um, and then as Caleb was five, our oldest, I started homeschooling. My days were crazy intense. I had um We ended up having six kids under the age of 10. <laughs> it was wild chaos. Um, wild chaos all the time. Um, and I... I had to be so intentional, but intentional about being aware of the presence of God in this moment. Yeah. Um, being so focused on the Lord, so that the kids and the crazy didn't upend me. Mm-hmm. Um, keeping company with Christ moment by moment. Honestly, Christy, <laughs> if I had never had kids, I would have thought I was a really nice person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but lots of kids. As my, I love them and they overwhelmed me at the same time, but sure. I really believe that I'm home with that many kids became sort of a domestic monastery mm. that in a monastery there are bells that call you to prayer that cause you to put aside your agenda and what you're doing mm. and and focus on Christ and and live in a posture of prayer. And I just felt like with all the kids, so much of the time I had I learned how to live cruciform, how to set aside myself and deny myself and serve. Mm. The, the kids were served my call to prayer, to be present to God in this moment. Um, and, and full, long, hard days and getting into the end of the day and realizing all the dishes that I did today, all the laundry that I did today, all the books that I read to kids today, I'll do all of the same things over tomorrow. And I just really realized I wanted to live a life with my priorities on unseen things, mm. on eternal things, yeah. that you may walk through my door and it may look like, what in the world have you been doing? <laughs> but I was investing in eternal things, which were kids' hearts, kids' minds, kids' souls, and I think some of the best memories of my entire life. I'd read to the kids two or three hours every day out loud and mm. sign out a hundred books from the library at a time. And I just absolutely love kids sprawled all over the couch hanging upside down and laying across the top of the couch and me reading and reading and reading to kids. It's just, um, yeah. I think, you know, I think sometimes when you're down in the trenches and you've got little kids and it's all coming hard and fast and heavy, mm. you think we've lived so much of our life like we're in a waiting room waiting to be done this part and to get to the better part. Mm-hmm. And now that I've sort of our are times now I get on planes and I go places and do things. I think, um, I can't remember who said it. Somebody said, everybody should get to be quote-unquote famous, which is a word I really disdain and hate. Yes. Everyone should get to go ahead and be famous to realize how empty and hollow it is. Yeah. Like It's not, um, yeah. you're out. Doing other things, do you think all I want to do is be home washing dishes yeah, <laughs> and being true. at the back door when my husband walks through the door and serving dinner to my kids and hearing their day? I just think living upside down kingdom and going down to to least the lower the the lost and um, going ahead and, and living lives that are humble and quiet with dirt underneath their fingernails is a deeply satisfying life. That yeah. um, I mean we can't see it. Right when we're down in the trenches, but if someone else can come alongside and say, "You know what? You're doing good, eternal, meaningful work. Mm. What you do, it's the right. It's exactly this. It's the glorious in the mundane Mm. that is the most powerful and transformative. So, truly, they're good, good days. And I'm just, I'm so grateful. Shiloh's been home from China with us now, what, seven months, and there is nothing more than uh, Shiloh going to Mama, Mama, book, book, and bringing me piles of books. And getting to read to my kids and and just um being pr- the ministry of presence
2: yeah
1: with a, what what God is doing just in small ways mm-hmm. is the most is the way we transform the world is by changing
0: one little person's world
1: yeah mm-hmm
0: so that's more the day in the life. Now is you've kind of been there, done that, and now it's.
1: Like. I have, I have. So, um, our two oldest are at university now. Caleb is twenty-one. Joshua is nineteen. Hope um, is seventeen, and she's in her first year of going to school, but her last year of high school. So we're down to just Levi's fifteen, Malachi's fourteen, Shalom is eleven. They're still at home homeschooling, but they they log into live classes with live teachers yeah. and classmates. So I'm there and it's all messy and we're all chaotic together. Um, but I'm just so grateful for very good teachers. And it's mm-hmm. it's little Shiloh at two who's just always right there with me, helping me put in the next load of laundry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shiloh loves popcorn, so there's popcorn everywhere. She's eating her bowl of popcorn and her piles of books and her playing. And she just, she stays so, so close. Mm-hmm. So it's not the way it was when I had six kids, 10 and under. Right. But it's still... um. I want God to give us a one-piece life, mm. where it's not fragmented and compartmentalized. Mm-hmm. It's um, just God woven through school and work and just everyday Monday moments, where yeah. the glory of God can be seen right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love you. <laughs> I'm so glad that we got to curl up on Rebecca's bed. <laughs>
0: and just be real with each other. Mm. Yeah, it's really beautiful. Thank you so much, oh. especially after the week you've had. What in the world? <laughs> I was just super ball baby on the way over here crying because of just gratitude and thanks you know, for
1: It's just it's a beautiful thing to get to um to go and meet people who are who are doing life alongside you. Yeah. Um who we steward your story well. Mm. They're carrying a bit of your heart in their hands, and you're trusting them. And they're just sharing how the Lord has met them in pages and in stories. Mm. Everyone is writing. I don't know, sometimes you don't realize it, but everyone is really writing an epic, grand masterpiece of a story mm. with their life. And I get to go and hear how God is doing amazing things through people's just small moments. An everyday mm. story. So it's a it's a beautiful thing just to get to go and see the Imago Day, the face of God in person after person after person. Mm. So I'm so privileged to get yes. to meet people who are just living such faithful, cruciform lives yeah. to give all the glory to God. Yeah, Privilege is all
0: mine. it's mm.
1: awesome. Thank you for this. Oh, thank you. I love you. I love you
0: too. So Rebecca is still here with us. On yeah. her bed. Um, <laughs> and we're excited to say that we're actually, the three of us are going to get to tour together in the Yay! spring. Can't wait. So excited. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. I've actually never gotten to tour with authors. So I'm excited. And oh, Rebecca. Wow. I've never gotten to
2: tour with artists. Isn't or, that fun? Yes.
0: And, and this is going to be your book <clears throat> release mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. February. Mm-hmm. So, so
2: the idea, Ann and I got talking a long time ago, right? Mm-hmm. When she was still writing The Broken Way, mm-hmm. and I was writing You Were Free. And we just kind of really came to this understanding that they cannot, one you can't have one without the other. Mm-hmm. 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 And so <clears throat> so she kind of went along her merry way at the farm writing her story. And mm-hmm. I was in Nashville, and just kind of walking these out mm-hmm. in our own unique. Yep, narratives, but realizing there's a lot of Mm overlap in the message. Mm -hmm. So we went to Sonnerman, and we're like, "This would be really fun." And then, and Christy would be really fun, and it would just it all like the Lord just brought it together. Mm -hmm. It's Um, so neat when I think back. I actually remember
0: when I waited and I waited in line to talk to you at if not really there was just the lady talking to you at the after party. Yes, and I was just. You know, it's one of those things. Like, I I get it. So I'm just like, I'll Mm. catch her later or whatever. But I just had it in my heart to just, just I don't know. I was just. I I think Mm. it was a stirring in me even then to go. I just feel like there's maybe a way that our lives can merge or like just Mm. how God uses us to merge and like yeah. And then like I was even thinking about it before you. And did I say something, or you texted me about touring together? And it was like I was already thinking that of just being able to like merge knew that you were writing, and it was just the timing of it was really neat. So Mm -hmm. often, like that's how the Lord he'll he'll kind of
2: Mm -hmm. nudge nudge me Mm -hmm. beforehand, Mm -hmm. and then
0: the opportunity presents Mm -hmm. itself, and He's already sort of done the Mm -hmm. groundwork. So that's how Mm -hmm. I felt about the whole thing, and it seems. As if it's come together, just mm-hmm. really kind of effortlessly, mm-hmm. and I know that not on your part as far as writing your books, but I just mean like us being able to hopefully really do this. Mm-hmm. So and then
1: I hope I hope it's an invitation <clears throat> to come out to an evening where you really encounter mm-hmm. the presence of God and experience <laughs> breaking free.
2: Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We're excited. I think. We're dreaming even now. This Mm -hmm. is kind of the first time we've all been in one room. Mm -hmm. We've had a lot of boxers and a lot of voicemails and texts Mm -hmm. about it, but to really be in the same space and um, begin to dream about what that... Mm -hmm. It's going to be 10 days, Mm -hmm. and Compassion's kind of sorting Mm -hmm. it all out on where we're going to go, so Mm -hmm. that'll all be online Mm -hmm. here shortly. But... I just think I'm so grateful that I feel like the Lord has just knit this message mm-hmm. for each of us, mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. really excited, yeah, just to walk it out.
1: I'm really excited yeah. for how people, and we get to come alongside them and encountering God, and and what freedom looks like mm-hmm. for people, and how that's going to change lives and transform lives. Um, in really powerful ways. So I cannot mm-hmm. wait mm-hmm. to just um absolutely Whatever what anticipating what God's gonna do here. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful.
0: Okay. Yeah. I'm so looking forward to getting to spend time with Anne and Rebecca on the road for more of these late night conversations, but also getting to share these conversations with some of you who might get to come out and enjoy this night called Broken and Free, where Anne, Rebecca, and I will sit together storyteller style, where they will both share around their beautiful books that God has given them. Anne's called The Broken Way, of course, and Rebecca's release is in February, and it's called You Are Free, Be Who You Already Are which you can actually pre-order now on amazon.com. And then I will be leading worship and also sharing some stories behind some of my songs around the theme of Broken and Free. To see if we're coming to a city near you, you can go to christynockels.com and you'll find a link to where you can purchase tickets. Some of those cities are live now and others will become available early next week. The tour kicks off February 23rd in Winterville, North Carolina. And we'll also be in cities like Nashville, Dallas, Kansas City, Minneapolis, and many others. Thank you so much for listening today. If you'd like to purchase my new Christmas album, I referenced the song Silent Night holding us now earlier in the podcast. You can find that song and many more hope-filled songs for the season on The Thrill of Hope available now on iTunes, Amazon.com, and Knockles.com. to find links to everything else i mentioned today including the beautiful with you tags visit my website and stay up with me on instagram which is at Knockles. have a glorious rest of your day i'll talk to you soon